Welcome to Rethinking Leadership, where we're serving fresh ideas over coffee, because nothing happens before coffee. I'm Jackie Lesser. And I'm Dee Yarrison. Grab your favorite mug and let us fill you up. Hi, Jackie. Good morning, Dee. <laughs> How are you doing today? Great. Nice to be here in your beautiful office. Yeah, Jackie Lesser headquarters. <laughs> Global headquarters of Jackie Lesser. <laughs> well, it's perfect. Thank you. So, what do you want to talk about today? I had something come up um, as a leader that I imagine anyone who is in a position of leadership could appreciate. And when I say leadership, I mean whether you're leading a family, leading a community, leading yourself, leading an organization or a team. Anyone can relate to this. It was Wednesday, actually, and I have had a really busy week. A lot of, you know, different demands that I put on myself, that projects have put on, uh, people are putting on multiple priorities, and everybody's got their own agenda. So I was just noticing that, and I'm trying to move through my day, and all of a sudden, I had two requests of me that felt really intrusive, because what they were asking me to do was really take a bunch of my time that I didn't feel like I had. Right. And all of a sudden, I just noticed I was like a deer in the headlights. And I was, I felt like I was being suffocated mm. by these requests. Now, clearly, these were not suffocating, but my body doesn't know the difference between a real threat and mm-hmm. a, a perceived threat. That's right. So I had this really incredible reaction, like where my heart started racing, my throat kind of felt like a lump in it. I just noticed my blood boiling. I know a lot about this stuff, right? Because we, as leadership coaches, we're working with it all the time. And I knew that my adrenal glands were, you know, shooting out cortisol and and just all the variety of uh, chemicals that have you in fight or flight. And what's so crazy is that I got these requests via text and a voicemail. So no one's asking me directly. They didn't see my body language or anything. But there's this notion that we have to respond immediately right like Mm -hmm. it it must be a pressure I put on myself or imposed pressure cultural cultural too yeah yeah cultural pressure what's the amount of time that you have until you know that you can respond to a text message or to a voicemail when is it rude you know anyway but what I knew was I couldn't get back to them right away either one of them the, the requests came in pretty close together and the other thing was, I didn't want to do either one of them. Mm. You already had enough going on. Exactly. Yeah. So I felt a lot of pressure, pressure to come up also with an answer. How do I say no to something I really don't want to do? That's how I was feeling. I was imagining that that would be selfish. You know, mm. these were people who I know for a long time and trusted colleagues. I just didn't know if I could say no. But like I said, my body was really reacting to it. I didn't want to react with my answer. That's right. So kind of like what we talked about in episode five, you know, it was like those three P's, pause, get your presence, and then present. With intention. Exactly. So all I could do, what I know to do was to like, take that deep breath, you know, take a couple of deep breaths, really get myself into my chair, remembering that I'm here. I'm not being attacked. Mm -hmm. And just to let my body know you're okay. 
Right. Calm down. Calm down. And I did feel the difference, you know, when I was doing that. What felt different? I felt like I, I literally felt like I had the space to decide. Hmm. I did feel like I wasn't being pressured to react to a voicemail immediately or to that text message immediately. I all of a sudden, you know, we were adding like a fourth P here. I gave myself permission to take the time I needed to get back to each one of them. Yeah, which is so important. So before you got to that fourth P of permission, what was your inner conversation like? Like what was some of the things that you were telling yourself? Yeah, great question. How can you let them down? That would be so uh, selfish of you. But I was also on the other, the other part of me was saying, don't do it. Don't say yes to something you don't want to do. There was this part of this little girl inside of you having a temper tantrum. You know, I mean, I'm making that up, but I think that's what happens. I'm imagining the, the scene, you know, a week where there's just no room for anything else. And, you know, you know that with every ounce of your being, nobody else knows that. So when that request comes in, seemingly innocent on their part or whatever, it tips us. If we flip the lid, like we've talked about before, and, you know, and that's it, overwhelm, deer in the headlights. Exactly. Right. And there's probably nobody on the call that hasn't experienced that. Mm-hmm, that's right. Right. And I think we experience it every day and we may do that to each other every day without knowing it. Right. You know, yeah. Right. How do we know what the other person is is going through? So my mind was racing. Like I had this tug of war between you have to do it because they asked you to. Mm. And I don't want to do it because I don't have the time. I don't have the space. And if I do it, it's not going to be from a a generative place. It's going to be from a guilty place. Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. That's important. The other person I imagine would feel that in some way, feel your uh, resistance, even though the words coming out of your mouth were, sure, I can do that. Exactly. It's not honest. Right. I'm shaking my head the whole time. No, no, no. So I took some time to breathe. I gave myself permission to create some space between how I was feeling right now and my, you know, in getting back to them. And I just noticed that in that time that I gave myself some space, I was, I kept thinking about ways I could say no. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also noticed that I didn't want to say no from the part of me that was just rebelling against Right. You know, my schedule, you know, all that kind of stuff. I wanted to say no if no was really in service of the highest and best for all of us. That's right. And um, I actually got back. I had been uh, out and I had gotten back to my office and I had, you know, started venting. You know, I started talking to um, to Dave and I, I said, I don't want to do it. And, you know, outwardly, Dave said, so then don't. You know, like give yourself, it's okay not to want to do something and it's okay not to do it. That's right. But how many times do each of us feel like it's not okay to disappoint somebody else? It's not okay to say no to a request that is made. Um, I did also try to put myself in the other person's shoes and say, if I were them and asking this, like, would I want them to say yes to me? Mm -hmm. So it was a variety of scenarios that I was playing out. And ultimately, having some compassion for all the parts of myself that were uh, the tug of war and in dialogue um, and the guilty part and so on, I just had compassion for all of them and say, you know what, no matter what you decide, it's okay. That's right. Yeah, and I think it's important just to like maybe underline that distinction of 
it's okay to not to want to do this. And it's okay to not actually do it. But not wanting to, like just giving yourself permission to not want to say yes to something doesn't mean whether you are or you aren't going to ultimately decide to do that thing. But in that moment, that's what was true for you. You were feeling, I do not want to do this. So we have two, not probably more than two choices, but there's usually two ways that we can handle that within ourselves in that moment. You know what, Jackie, I get that you don't want to do it, but she's a colleague. She's, you know, you have to say yes or whatever it is. Or I get that you don't want to do it and that's okay. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm not. So my high, my leader within my highest self is not saying, is not judging me for not wanting to do it. And once I did kind of get to that place where I was listening to that higher self, like that leader within that wasn't judging, that wasn't determining whether I was a trusted colleague or a good person or based on a good your answer lead. to this right. request. Yeah. Right. Once I got to that place, I really asked that high self, you know, that leader within, what would be in service? Because I knew that there was obviously the part of me that was reacting, but I wanted to hear from the leader within to say, right, what would be in the highest and best for all concerned? And it was so interesting because once I asked that question, you know, and I sat with it for a little bit, what I got was one of those requests, absolutely do it. Absolutely do it. You have the time to do it. It's all working out. And I was wholeheartedly in on that one. The other request, I said, I can't do that, but I can do this. Mm-hmm. So I, the, the full request, I'm sorry, I don't have the bandwidth to do that. But what I can do and I'd love to do, and this was genuine, I'd love to do this part of it. Mm-hmm. I felt completely free after that yeah because you honored your yourself and what was true for you and there was time you told me the story before and you told me it was about a half a day so you didn't make this this didn't all happen in 10 minutes you mm-hmm. gave yourself four hours or whatever half a day was to sit with those questions and you know and that's very self-compassionate and yes. very self-honoring the permission to step outside of the pressure as you started with you said this earlier the pressure it comes from ourselves, from expectations of, you know, the people that we work with. Mm-hmm. How has it been up to this point in right. the relationship? And also just cultural expectations. But sometimes requests come up or, some, you know, sometimes things come up that don't fit neatly within that this is the way it always is. And to give yourself permission to pause and just honor what was happening for you in that moment and not respond to it based on what you think they're expecting of you. And I know the fourth P we're talking about here is permission. So there was, you know, you gave yourself permission to take time. You know, not only did you give yourself permission to speak what was true for you and to ultimately say no to something, but you gave yourself permission to take time to get there. Yeah, no, I think it's true. I think the permission actually is the fourth P. It's weaved throughout because I gave Mm -hmm. myself permission to pause. That's right. I gave myself permission to get my own presence, you know, and, and, and consider and consult my highest self, my the leader within. And then I gave myself permission to present to each of them what I felt was honoring all of us. It yeah. honored the space between us. It honored the relationship because I was doing what genuinely, wholeheartedly was coming from my heart. Yeah, it was very authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that comment that the f- fourth P, permission, is weaved all throughout. 
I think permission happens in the way that we're speaking to ourselves. So there was this awareness of stopping that, but I should, but I shouldn't, but she thinks he, he won't, you know, whatever we can do to ourselves and just breathe, pause and breathe and give myself permission to see what's really there for me. Yeah. So the fourth P, permission, is woven throughout the first three Ps. So there's permission granting at each of those steps, permission granting in the pause, in the presence, and in the way we present. So tell me, how did you give yourself permission, or what was that like, the permission granting, even in that first pause, when you first noticed that you were like the deer in the headlights, as you put it? Mm -hmm. I think because, again, this is not our first time talking about this. And, you know, I <laughs> I have a workshop called Overcoming Overwhelm. So I'm very aware <laughs> that the breath is so important. Yeah. There's almost nothing I can do without it. Yeah, or there is true. nothing I can do without it. So it's almost like you push pause on the thoughts so that you can be fully available for that breath. Right. And that is permission. I'm pushing pause on those thoughts and I am going to breathe. And I'm going to get myself here into this moment where I will be available to handle what's coming. Oh, yeah. And sometimes for me, it's literally permission to stop. So you said pressing pause on thoughts. Yes. And sometimes I might be in the middle of doing something. This happened to me this morning, actually. And I was in the middle of like moving around the house, packing up my laptop, getting things ready to go. And I literally just had to stop, stand still. That was the permission. It's okay to take an extra 10 seconds, you know, mm -hmm. but I really had to, to say that to myself, to let myself know it's okay to just stand here for a moment and take a couple of deep breaths. You know, and this may sound oversimplified or overstated, but what's the alternative? You know, we keep moving, keep going, keep thinking, keep doing in an unintentional, very reactive way. Yes. And I'm... I don't know what that's like for you, but sometimes for me, like in the morning when I'm getting ready to leave the house, the people, the, mm -hmm. the other the other human beings that might happen to be around me in those moments, my husband and kids, they become like, you know, like objects that I'm just going to, you know, plow over or leave them in my wake as I'm, you know, reactively moving through in this fight or flight yeah. way. Right? I think that was a really important thing that you just said, because if I didn't push pause, I would not have been able to respond. I would have been reacting. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then once I got the breath, um, I gave myself permission to get present yeah. with myself. I knew that I had a call on, you know, there were parts of me that were railing against the, these requests. So I had to give myself the time to get present and go counter to culture that says you've got 20 minutes to respond to a text or you've got you know one hour to get back to a voicemail or whatever or those just, are arbitrary yeah. so I had to give myself permission to say take your time yeah. let's get all of yourself here you know let's check in with your highest self with the leader that is within so that you can get an answer that really is in service of everyone right. and and just I make this up but in that moment you know, also permission to have that experience that you were having right in that moment, which was, I don't want to do this, yeah. right? So the permission to just, sometimes when we try to stuff that, we might think of it as negative or resistant or whatever it is, and that's not how we like to see ourselves. So we may want to stuff that. It's so important that we give ourselves permission to 
just have the experience we're having anyway, right? True. Yeah. That's so true. And I think also, you know, another aspect of that same thing is to just not judge yourself for feeling that way. There was a part of me that felt selfish Mm -hmm. and getting present with yourself would never judge. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a feeling. It's temporary. It'll go, it'll come and it's not wrong and it's not right. And it's all okay. Yes. Yeah. So thanks for bringing that up. And then I think um, once I did tap into that, you know, the wisdom of the highest self and those voices kind of quieted down, I knew exactly what to do. Mm. And then I could present to each of these people, yes, I can do this. And no, I can't do that, but I can, but I'm willing to do this. Mm-hmm. And then just trust. Right. Either one of them could have had a reaction that was, and the person I said yes to obviously was pleased, but <laughs> yeah. the person I said, no, not this, but that, that person may have had a reaction. But because I knew I was coming from a really authentic, compassionate, caring place, it it all worked out. Right. And that's so important that you spoke what was true and right for you, regardless of how someone else might react. Sometimes we think, well, I better do this because if I don't, then she'll think this or he'll do that. And first of all, we don't, we don't know that, you know, we're making that up based on perhaps, you know, how the, what's happened before in the relationship, but we're making that up and we're not trusting. We're trying to control. I have to do this to get to that, or I don't want this to happen. So I better not say this. And that's us controlling, which is the opposite of honoring and being compassionate. So that's really another important step. And that's challenging sometimes, especially in the for early on in our process of really beginning to trust. Exactly. You know, it's challenging to um, say those no's yes. to people. Yes. Right? It's, right. For me, uh, you know, these are two trusted colleagues. Mm-hmm. We've got foundation. We also have experience where I, you know, typically can honor their requests. Right. So the fact that I started out not wanting to do either one of them was different for me. But so graceful that I could, you yeah. know, do this. And the people that um, that have these experiences at work, I think there's there's the etiquette that sometimes you mm-hmm. have to consider. Or even in social situations, there's etiquette. There's right. a lot of you should be yeah, yeah. doing this. You know, there will be consequences if you don't. And I just want everyone who's listening right now to remember that when you are honoring yourself you are always honoring the relationship yeah that's right because otherwise the relationship would be compromised if you are doing something that is compromising you because you know the relationship isn't just you or me it's both it's both of us it's the space between us right so i think this also has to do with things that are other than requests You know, we're using the request as an example, but there are times at work, times at home, times, you know, in your social life, in your community life, where you're triggered by something. So I think these four Ps, if it, whether it's a request or maybe it's a comment that someone makes, or, you know, perhaps it's a, an assumption that you're making, like there's just ways that these four Ps can help you navigate through uh, those times when you're feeling triggered. You just reminded me of something as you were saying that 
when you were talking earlier about you were in step two, the second P, presence, and you were being present to yourself and really just listening, trying to tune into all the parts that were the parts that were being resistant and the part that, you know, was holding on to what is true and right and good for all. And, you know, you listened and then you said you knew what to do. As soon as you were really listening and honoring to all that was going on, you knew what to do. And I and I thought as you were saying that, I just want to underline that point that we have so much wisdom within us. I'm not saying we don't need to go to other people, but I think oftentimes our default is, I don't know what to do. I better ask so-and-so. Someone else must know better than me. Or maybe it's a not wanting to take responsibility and saying, I'll ask him what to do or her what to do. And I don't think we think like that, you know, necessarily in every situation that I don't want to be the one responsible for this decision or I don't know what to do. But again, I think there's just We're so used to going outside of ourselves to get the answer. It must be out there somewhere. And what your story reminded me was that, yes, and there are also answers within us. And I don't want to see us, I don't want to do this for myself, tapping into only the wisdom that's out there and never the wisdom in here. And it's not, it's not, you know, either or, it's both and. So just the reminder that your story illustrated so beautifully that sometimes everything we need is within us and we just have to get still and quiet so we can listen. Yeah. And you know, you pointed to this earlier too. When it is the right thing for you to do, you have all the energy and all the time to do it. Yes. And if it's not the right thing for you to do, you will feel squeezed and you will feel drained. Mm. Yeah. And that might be for another topic, too. When when I'm in something, I said yes, and now I'm in it. And uh-uh, it is not going smoothly, and I'm not feeling it. You know, what do we do then? Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Great. It was, it was wonderful to be able to share it because I realized that I'm working the piece. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's, it's always helpful for other people to hear, mm-hmm. you know, the reality of uh reality yeah reality exactly (laughs) yeah yeah and I'm glad that we as we talked about this just in you telling me how your week was that we remembered and stumbled on that fourth p of permission yes so important great ad yeah all right until next next time. time okay bye bye We're so glad that you were here with us today, listening to Rethinking Leadership, serving fresh ideas over coffee. You can connect with Jackie Lesser on JackieLesser.com, and you can connect with me, Dee Yarrison, at EssentialShiftNow.com, and we'll see you next time.